0: It would have been enough if God would have done that, but he did so much more. In Exodus chapter 25, we see that the Lord says to Moses, make me a dwelling place. And he tells the children of Israel, bring me an offering. So we have this beautiful place that God says, I want to meet with my people. And I'm going to draw for you very poorly (laughs) because I'm not an artist, but we are going to talk about the tabernacle today and what that means. So in the center of the camp of Israel was the tabernacle. And in the center of the tabernacle was the presence of God. And the way that God had all of Israel set up in the wilderness was he had all of the tribes lined out and ordered and then right in the center was his presence. And each, each piece of furniture and every part of the tabernacle was divinely not only instructed but appointed because it was a shadow of the reality of what is in heaven. So you have really um, <clears throat> the outside of the tabernacle was made of... Uh, some say badger skin, we don't know the actual Hebrew translation, but then you find really three, three quadrants inside the tabernacle that were very specific. So I'm going to attempt again, a very poor drawing, but we're going to go here. Okay, so in the outside of the tabernacle, this part right here is called the outer court. This is where, um, this was the gate through which people would enter. And you know, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. That's right. And the first thing that people would experience when they walked into the tabernacle was actually it smelled like a really good barbecue (laughs) okay um it was there was always i feel like there's a little ring on the on the uh, mic maybe bring it down a tiny bit is that possible okay i've got a loud voice anyway (laughs) i think it's great thank you so the first thing that people would experience was the bronze altar and in the outer court there were two things there was the bronze altar um let's see here uh okay i'm gonna make this work the bronze altar and the bronze laver and this part there were two things here the bronze altar there were oh honey i'm gonna be writing on it a lot are you sure Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you. Okay, so the bronze altar here is... The very first one to make a sacrifice all the way back in the Garden of Eden. Because you remember when Adam and Eve were sent out of the garden, they were clothed with what? Garments of skin. How could they wear garments of skin unless an animal lost their life, right? So he knew that we needed to be restored to him, and this is the way that he made that restoration. Because without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. This is actually what the word of God says. So you have the bronze altar and this represents salvation. Then after the bronze altar, you have the bronze laver. And this was made from the mirrors of the women of Israel. You remember when they left Egypt, they left with a very great plunder, right? They told the Egyptians, hey, (laughs) <laughs> give us the booty, right? And they went out with Egypt with gold and with silver and with fabric and with mirrors and with jewelry, and they were loaded, right? And as the Lord says, bring me an offering. He said, from everyone who, from everyone whose heart prompts him to give, I want them to give to me. So the entire bronze labor—it was bronze on the outside. And it was made from the mirrors of the women of Israel on the inside. And you know what's so amazing is that before the priest could enter the second part, which is called the holy place, they had to go through the bronze laver. And the bronze laver is so significant because it represents sanctification, right? Right? It's this is the salvation and this is the sanctification Something else that it represents is water baptism, right? This is the cleansing another thing it represents is the word of god because james tells us that the word of god is like a It's like a mirror right? And we, before they enter into this place of fellowship, they really had to see themselves for who they were. And they had to wash their hands from all the blood of the sacrifice. So I'm going to put here sanctification. And we're going to get into Hebrews chapter 9, but I really want to lay this as a foundation before we open it up some, okay? Okay now in the holy place and let me just let me just park here for a second and say jesus is the only way He is the way the truth and the life he gave his life for us as the final sin offering this is where the sin offering would happen right and then he cleansed us with his blood through the washing of the water of the word right this is all of these things and sometimes as believers we are and and this this would have been enough right this would be enough but there is so much more and sometimes as believers we park out in the place of salvation and baptism these are good but there is so much more to enjoy of the lord yes 100% to salvation yes 100% to baptism but there is greater riches inside the holy place, inside the inner court that the Lord has prepared for all believers to enjoy. So the first thing inside the holy place is the table of showbread. <clears throat> so the table of showbread here. In Hebrew, the actual word for the table of showbread is the shulchan panim. You want to try a Hebrew lesson with me? Say shulchan panim. And literally it means that it's the table of face. It's the table of face. What does this even mean? You see, the priest would come before the Lord and on this table of showbread were 12 loaves of bread. Has anyone ever had challah before? Yeah, maybe challah French toast at Chompy's or something, right? So this is actually where challah comes from. It is a tradition to memorialize the table, the the bread that was on the table of showbread. And this is the place where the priests would come and they would pour out their heart before the Lord and have a fellowship offering before the Lord. They would have a fellowship meal. It's not communion, but it's a, a time to enjoy fellowship. And how many of you know that the Lord has provided fellowship in the Holy Spirit? Amen. And if forgiveness fills this good, and if the sanctification fills this good, how much greater is the fellowship? Amen. But you can't have the fellowship until you have the salvation. And the washing, right? We need those things. So the table of showbread, and on this table of showbread was twelve loaves, each loaf representing one tribe. In addition to that, there was a cup of wine there, um, or grape juice if you're Baptist, right? <laughs> but uh, there was a cup of wine there, and and they would come before the Lord, and fellowship with Him. And, you know, Jewish history records that one bite, and this was eaten on Shabbat, on Saturday, that one bite of this bread would satisfy you completely. And you, this is the place where you would tarry and where you would linger and you would really express your will to the Lord. And he would fill you and he would satisfy you with the goodness of his presence, the goodness of his face actually in hebrew the differ- there's a difference between the presence of god and the glory of god the presence of god is known as the panim the face of god the nearness of god if you remember maybe as you uh, were dating your husband and, and or you're still cultivating that deep love relationship now with your husband when you go out on a date you don't sit there and look at his elbow right <laughs> or just sit there and look at his shoulder You look at his face because this is a place where intimacy is cultivated. This is a place that expresses the heart, right? And this is a place, it's the table of showbread, but in the Hebrew, it's the table of face. Because there's that nearness, there's that intimacy with the Lord. That we want to know him so deeply that we can just feel what he's feeling, right? And receive what he's saying. And it's a place not to rush by and actually we even practice this in our own homes at the table when we eat our food It's not a place to rush by It's a place to linger and it's a place to tarry the second place inside the holy place Was a menorah Okay, so the menorah Okay, so I'm going to give you a little quiz here. This represents salvation. This represents this represents, fellowship. And this represents revelation. Not the book of Revelation. Although, I'm going to put here fellowship. Okay, so the menorah was made out of hammered gold just hammered gold, one piece of hammered gold. And it was made so that each of the lights were shining forward and it was tended to in the in the night. And the menorah is always a place of revelation. Um, it's interesting that there's seven branches here and a lot of people say that it represents what is talked about in different places of scripture as the seven spirits of God. I'm not gonna get into that. But you have wisdom, revelation, Uh, You have understanding and knowledge. You have all of these things that are present here. And how does that happen? How do do we gain those things or receive those things? Through the word of God, right? Through the word of God and through prayer. But it's really, really through the word of God. Interestingly enough, I want to point something out. This is not connected directly to hebrews 9 but i want to show you how cool this is because every time that the lord gave a revelation and and um actually not every time but a lot of times where he would call someone or give a big revelation for the house of israel for the world it was at this place you remember the story of samuel and what does it say right before the lord called him right it says that he was tending the Anyone remember? He was tending the lampstands. He was sleeping in the inner court. And then the Lord called him and gave him a a prophetic word for the house of Israel. What about Revelation chapter 1? When on the Lord's day John was taken up. And it says that he saw Jesus who was walking among the lampstands. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? But it gets better. It gets better, okay? I'm so excited here. And um, this this is so beautiful. And there's more to it, but that's for another time. Then, during when the tabernacle was set up, you actually have this little, and it was not huge. This is going to be the altar of incense. Okay, the altar of incense. This represents. Anyone wanna guess what it represents? Prayers. What else? Intercession. Right. And I wanna tell you something. For those who might be in a place where you are broken and crushed, and you're in a place of intercession, my friends, there's no place closer here. And all of these pieces of furniture, this is a place that's closest to the holy of holies. I want you to be comforted by that. And we know that Jesus, Yeshua, lives to make intercession for us. And he's seated at the right hand of the Father, right? This is a very powerful ministry. For the last 2,000 years, he's been seated at the right hand of the Father. And he lives to make intercession for us. There is a heavy ministry of intercession. Amen? Amen. Amen so with the altar of incense now let me tell you something that's good yeah yeah your poor arms she's getting her workout it's okay you can set it right here thank you thank you so much i'm yes this is good can we give her a hand (laughs) that's called a sacrifice of praise ladies right there (laughs) that's that takes some serious strength okay so the altar of incense this is actually kind of funny Jewish history records that the aroma from the incense was so strong that the goats in Jericho, which is outside of Jerusalem, it's many miles, would sneeze. (laughs) That the goats in Jericho would sneeze. The altar of incense was so pungent. So, I mean, for those of you who are into Young Living and doTERRA and all that, I mean, this was like it, right? and the lord was the originator of it all but when they would get the different the different spices to offer it before the lord you know some of the spices had to be crushed in order to get it some of them came through the weeping of the tree some came from an early morning resin And all of these things were gathered in different ways. And some just offered it up freely, all the different spices. And it's actually forbidden in the word of God to make the spice mix again and to use it for of